All right, everybody, welcome to the Deal Gen Podcast, where we talk to investors, entrepreneurs, and business titans about a wide range of topics and experiences. The Deal Gen Podcast is brought to you by Deal Gen Partners. Deal Gen Partners is the leading deal origination service on the market for private equity buyers. Deal Gen Partners combines their M&A and private equity experience with a proprietary method of multi-channel marketing services that they call the Bird Dog. This unique recipe generates transaction-ready deals at an unmatched pace and increases a private equity fund's chances of closing a deal by up to 10x. Reach out to DealGen Partners before you begin searching for your next investment. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the DealGen Podcast. I'm Joe Zanke, your host, and I just wanted to take a few minutes here to give an update on DealGen and what we're working on and what we're doing uh, in-house. So... In the last, you know, we've been doing this uh, full time for, I would say, 16 months. Um, In the last five months, we brought on 12 new funds um, who are all sourcing, you know, and looking for different opportunities, which is exciting because we've expanded, you know, just looking for technology, which we were doing at the beginning for one client to now working with upwards of 20 funds um, across all different sectors. And going out and running dedicated searches for them, so that's been really cool. Um, it's been it's been a fun road, you know, building out that offer, making new relationships with funds, getting them to buy into what we can do, and showing them how valuable we are. So uh, right now, working with over twenty funds, that number continues to grow. Um, we're excited too. We're you know, a lot of what we were doing at the beginning, obviously, and still today, is M and A transactions. For private equity funds, so groups that are looking to buy businesses. Um, now we're 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 also getting into the debt space, right? So companies uh, or funds or groups that do lending primarily, you know, so they're not buying equity in the company; they're lending debt or they're restructuring the existing debt. Um, finding deals for them, you know, the same principles apply, um, and it actually gives us the ability to. I know I talked about this a couple episodes, but a couple episodes ago, but, you know, potentially make money, um, two or three times on the same deal, as opposed to just getting paid, you know, one referral fee for finding a buyer. Um, you can find debt to, you know, for that buyer to then buy the business, you can find debt for the company and then have a buyer come in and then find that. You know, so there's, there's so many different options, um, which has been great. We, you know, my, Business partner Brian and I, you know, for a long time there, it was two of us. We now have a team of over 10 people working with DealGen. Um, we have, you know, a group of five individuals that are doing business development. Um, and it's awesome because, you know, we're setting them up with these different campaigns. We're doing it in a very lean way, but also a way that gives them the ability to, you know, potentially make lots of money, um, which is what they're most excited about. So, that's been really fun. Um, you know, getting them on board, getting to talk to them about ideas about the business, you know, how we can continue to grow it, um, things that they're seeing out there and just working with new people who are, you know, motivated. And then, you know, we have, um, our actually, sorry, we're up to six or seven, um, of those, of those individuals. And then we have three interns joining us this summer, you know, all college age kids, two from my uh, alma mater, Babson, one from BU. So that's um, also incredibly exciting. You know, we're going to have them do business development as well. I think that there's probably, you know, there's definitely more uh, 
prestigious internships than the deal gen internship from a, you know, a, a level where people are, oh, I interviewed at Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley or, you know, all that stuff's well and good. I think that we're going to be able to offer these kids more exposure in one week than they would get at um, any of those internships, right? You know, that that's some usually some pencil pushing bullshit. Um, we're going to have them on the phone with private equity funds. We're going to have them on the phone with investment bankers, talking, discussing deals, trying to figure out how to get them done. Um, so we're excited about that. You know, and then we have, um, you know, our partners at Auto, Sam and Holden, who have been, you know, incredible and um, and actually doing their own business development outside of, you know, launching these very important campaigns for us. You know, they have their own ties from business school or their life or just, you know, um, digging down and launching their own campaigns out to the world. You know, they've been finding deals and finding partners for us to, you know, funds for us to partner with and you know, can't thank those guys enough for, um, their work and their hard work and growing our company. Uh, it's been, it's been an awesome ride. So, you know, 20 plus funds that we're working with, um, over 10 people working for deal gen at deal gen, you know, with deal gen on the resume, which is really cool. And, you know, and now, um, this year we've closed three deals. We have three more under LOI and we probably have a dozen that are moving towards an LOI. So, you know, for a while there, we were bringing on a fund at a time. We basically were working on one deal. They're trying to get that next one. And now this thing's really snowballing, right? So we're closing deals. We have more deals that are, that are, have offers on them that are just moving through the process. And then, you know, we have 12 or so things that we've been working on for a while, or, you know, maybe some of these new funds that we're working with are looking at that, um, are super close to, you know, getting into that LOI stage. And, you know, I think that the most exciting piece is that, you know, this world is, you got to have thick skin. You got to have a tough chin because deals fall apart. Even when they get to the 99 yard line, you know, uh, a deal could completely fall apart and everything you worked hard to do just evaporates. Um, so if you're only working on one deal and that happens, um, you know, it's a, it's a real kick in the gut, right? If you're working on, 25 deals and you lose one or two, you know, it still stings and it sucks, you know, and you, you always want, um, the transaction to close, but at the end of the day, it's a little bit less, uh, meaningful. Right. And it's a little bit, you know, easier to swallow. And that's what I'm been most, that's what I've been most excited about. Right. Is that, you know, we, we keep a, a nice big board on our, um, on the wall in our office, tracking all these opportunities and obviously we do it in our pipe drive too but when you start to see you know more and more and more and more and more businesses that we're finding get offers made you know that's when you'll look up one day and you'll be like man we have a hundred offers out there um and you know you got to realize what what part of the business you sit in right we basically control everything from finding the company for sale to getting all the information that's needed to make an offer. Right. And then after the offers made deal gen doesn't, you know, have a lot of participation in underwriting the business and doing the diligence in, in revising the offer and, you know, merging the companies. Um, so we have to rely on and partner with the right people that, that can get those things done. And, you know, the more, again, the more of those that you have, 
live and active, um, just a better chance that you have of, of succeeding. And so we've been really focused on just how do we keep the momentum going? How do we keep snowballing? The M&A market's tough right now, right? And the, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with the economy. Um, you know, a lot of debt providers are not lending or they're finding every excuse not to lend money to opportunities. So you could find a good deal. You could have the equity that's needed to buy it, but then you might not be able to get financing for whatever reason because, you know, the credit market's so tight or the interest rates are so high. So um, to be able to achieve the success that we're having right now, even during some of these tough times when, you know, a lot of M&A activity has slowed down is is also really exciting, right? Because, you know, inevitably the economy always has ups and downs. And if we're on a downswing right now, we're at a valley. Um, I'm, I'm beyond excited to see what's ha- what happens when we're on an upswing or when we're at a peak. Um, so just wanted to take a second here to update everybody on, you know, what deal Jen's doing. We had two days ago, I'll leave it with this. We had our, the biggest offer um, that we've ever had submitted by one of our one of our clients, someone put in a $156 million offer to buy a business. Um, you know, mind boggling number. Um, but we were lucky to have found that company. We were lucky that we partnered with somebody that has the ability to execute a transaction like that, whether or not the offer gets accepted, whether or not the uh, deal closes is, is TBD. But you know, if we continue to get more, and more large offers like that, again, it's only a numbers game, right? If, if you only have one of those, chances of a closing might be 50-50. If you have 10 of them, your chances of you closing at least one or two, maybe three, four, five, become 50-50. So I'll take my chances. Um, we're going to keep growing, adding these interns, adding more sales groups, adding you know um, different talent, talented people to the team is only going to make us better. And I'm excited to see you know where we're at six months from now. So thanks for your time and um, yeah, cheers.
All right, everybody, welcome back to the Deal Gen Podcast. I'm Joe Zanke, your host, and today I'm going to be, you know, discussing a topic um, around money. Now, I know, obviously, some people are a little sensitive to that. You see people on LinkedIn posting things about, you know, hey, we shouldn't be talking about how much money anybody's making on here or whatever. I think that's all BS. I um, I think that, you know, if you're serious about being an entrepreneur and you want to make a lot of money, then you can, can only, you can't get enough content around you know, what it actually takes to make money in real world examples. So everything I talk about on the show is real world examples and examples of things that I'm currently going through either right now or have gone through in my past. And so this particular example is one that is, you know, near and dear to me personally. And I think, you know, the number one money hack that I've learned in my career is do things for people or companies that have the ability to spend a lot of money. And when I say a lot of money, a lot of money is relative. I'm talking about tens of or hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, now, a lot could be $10,000. A lot could be $1,000. A lot could be $100. It all depends on, you know, the situation and I guess everyone's interpretation of a lot. For me, I'm talking about millions or hundreds of millions. Um, that's kind of where I have started to play and crack the code. And those are the types of groups that, you know, deal gen is currently working with. Um, and there's a reason behind it. Right. So I think this all kind of started with, you know, um, a quote from my favorite business personality today, Alex Hermosi, who, if you're not following him or haven't read his book, a hundred million dollar offers, um, I think it's I think it's some of the best stuff out there, the most practical business stuff that you can read and find. Um, but he has a quote in his book, and he references it in some of his, you know, posts all the time. Where someone told him one day that he had a level ten skill set in a level two opportunity, and when I heard that, you know, it kind of punched me in the face. I mean, I'm not bragging. I don't think I have some sort of you know level ten skill set, but I think that you know, with my education, my background, my willpower, my desire, um, I was using it in the wrong direction, you know? So a couple of examples from my past where, you know, I was working really hard, I was building a business, but I think the clientele was wrong and I wasn't doing work for people who had the ability to spend a lot of money. One was in the moving and storage business, um, especially around, you know, moving apartments. Second one would be, you know, in the real estate business um, when it came to, you know, selling and renting real estate uh, and renting apartments. And the third being around building websites for small businesses. So those are all things that I've personally done in my life. I've made money doing all of them. Um, I've spent a lot of time doing all of them. And I think all of them meet that Alex Hermosi quote, at least for me personally, um, like, you know, right down the middle. Um, I was working really hard and not earning what I wanted to by any means and actually never really had the ability to, to reach any sort of potential, um, which I thought, you know, for my personal potential, I, I didn't see a shot at reaching it, um, doing any of those things. Right. And it, and it took me a while to figure them all out. Um, but you know, when it comes to working for 
like the website example, you know, there's a lot of small businesses out there that have websites and that don't have websites. And especially for those that don't, um, it's not something, a big reason why they don't is because it's not important to them. Right. And for things that aren't important to people, um, they're not really willing to spend a lot of money on it, regardless of what you do. Right. So we were, we were building websites for people who didn't have them. And no matter what value proposition you had, it all came down to cost. And, you know, the, the, for a company that's generating a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, their ability to spend, you know, a reasonable amount of money or a meaningful amount of money to on another business or to someone else is extremely limited. I mean, you might be able to get a $500 website out of them. And now $500, again, we're all talking relativity, but um, wasn't exactly moving the needle for for me and my business partner. So, you know, we were working hard to make a sale. We were working hard and paying for leads to find websites uh, or businesses that needed websites. And then we were closing deals, all of which, you know, across the board, no matter if you're doing a $500 sale or a $500 million sale, all of those things are equally as hard. You have to find the, the opportunity. You have to convince them that you can help them. And then you have to get them to say yes. No matter who you're talking to, it's very difficult. So why not do it for someone or doing while doing something that has the ability to pay you a shit ton of money? Um, that was something that took me close to, I would say, you know, almost eight years to figure out. Um, so, you know, again, with the real estate world, I've been exposed to, you know, renting out $40,000, uh, sorry, 40,000 square feet, um, 40,000 square feet industrial buildings. And I've been exposed to, you know, renting 400 square feet apartments. Same principle, right? You have to identify the the building or you have to identify the unit that's for lease. You have to find a tenant that's willing to take that over and sign a lease. And then you have to do all the paperwork and, you know, go and do all the showings to get that to actually happen. So you can do that in the apartment rental world and rent out an apartment for 400, you know, 400 square foot apartment for $1,500 and make $1,500 doing that. You could rent out a 40,000 square foot manufacturing building and, you know, probably make, I would say a hundred times what you would make doing the apartment for pretty much the same amount of work and the same type of work. So when you, these are just a couple examples that I'm going through right now. When you, when you start to think about this, like I said, typically the same amount of work happens across the board for anything. So you might as well spend time working on the, the ones that have the most reward. Um, now a couple other things that on this topic that, you know, I think people tend to bring up or some of these influencers bring up is, you know, find somebody who knows what you want to do and work for free. I disagree. I don't think you need to work for free ever. I think that working for free just decent de-incentivizes you. I think that the longer that you're doing something for free, um, the less time you have to actually spend on it and do it because you need to make money. Um, everybody needs to make money. And I also think that, you know, people underestimate how much they know, right? And chances are you're good at at least one, if not a lot of things better at at least one, if not a lot of things than 
the mentor that you're working for, right? So, you know, again, go back to the real estate world. You might find a mentor who's buying $10 million, $40 million, $100 million buildings. Now, they've done it before. They've been doing it for 20 plus years. Um, they're worth, their net worth is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, you know, seems like someone who has everything put together. Where can you add value, right? Um, is it in finding them the next building? Is it in packaging that building or doing underwriting for that building to make sure that they're maximizing the value that they can create out of that opportunity? Figure out where they need help or not even necessarily help, but where you can do what they're already doing just better. And I think that everybody can do something better than somebody else if they really put their mind to it or they really sit down and think about it. So with deal gen, right, you know, our clients are buying $20 million, $50 million, $200 million businesses. We just, the other day, you know, I would say 12 months ago, I was excited when I sold a $1,500 website. And now the other day, one of our clients put in an offer to buy a $150 million business. Now, will it close? I have no idea. Will they accept the offer? Not really uh, in my control. Did I do everything and did my team do everything that we could to get them the information that they needed to buy that building? Yes. Are they appreciative that we did that? Yes. Did we solve a problem for them by doing that? Yes. So that's the deal gen model, right? We found a way to originate deals for the companies and the funds with the most money in the world, you know, and we can go out and find them opportunities that they can sink their teeth into and buy, and we can do it at a scalable and efficient pace. So that's adding value. Um, there's so many different ways that you can add value for people, so many different ways that you can add value for companies. And, you know, I'm elaborating on this and talking about this because I think that it's easy to get caught up. You know, if your goal of starting a business is to start and run a business and do something that you love, great. You know, this, this conversation is probably not super relevant. But if your goal to start a business is to become, you know, successful and make a lot of money, um, and th that's what you would consider a success, then I think that I personally wasted a lot of time doing work for people that didn't have the ability to pay me anywhere near what would have allowed me to achieve my goals. Um, it's just plain and simple. You know what I mean? I could have 10x'd my moving and storage business and I wouldn't even been close to being able to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve. So when I sat down and, and finally realized that and said, Hey, even if I 10 X this thing, I'm still not going to be satisfied. I'm still not going to be happy. And the amount of work and capital and reinvestment that would have gone into 10 Xing it would have, you know, taken twice as long as I had already spent on it. So it was, um, you know, there's been some harsh realities. Um, same thing with the website business. You know, it's um, when you realize after building or selling your 30th website that every single one of these things is going to come down to price and you're always going to be a commodity, then it's hard to, you know, continue to do that. And it's hard to commit to continuing to do that. Um, and, you know, I just think that if you're going to spend 
the time required to grow a business, if you're going to spend the time required to do sales, and if you're going to spend the marketing dollars to get leads, then you should be doing it for something that has a high return, period. High can be relative, you know, personally, I'm not going to be satisfied until, you know, I hit, you know, $10 million mark. Um, and even then I probably won't be, and I'm, you know, not anywhere close to that by any means, but those are my goals, right? That's a net worth goal that I have in my head as a hurdle. And I need to be spending my time doing activities, making sales that allow me to potentially achieve that. And what that means is working for people who have no problem paying a lot of money to have their problem solved. And so I think that if you sit down and you look at your skill set, what you're good at, where you can add value to anybody in the world, regardless of how successful they may be, then, and then look at what you're already doing and say, all right, how, how does my skill set weigh against my current opportunity, right? And right now, I think I am in a maybe level six skill set in a level 10 opportunity, right? So I've actually reversed what I was doing. Before, I think I had a level 10 skill set for the work that I was doing, and I was at a level two opportunity. Now, for the work and the space that I'm in, I probably have a level six skill set in the sense that I still have plenty of room to get better, but I'm learning and getting pretty good at what what, I, what we do. But my ceiling is, it's limitless. It really is. And um, that's what excites me. That's what gets me out of bed. And, you know, I think that it's such a important hack to realize is that, you know, hey, chances are if I just had different clientele, or I was offering a different service to a different group of people. Um, I could charge a lot more money and do things that made a lot more meaningful impact to my personal life or my business. So that's something I just wanted to share. It's been um, it's been incredibly exciting starting to work on things that I think, like I said, are a level ten opportunity, and I wanted to um, you know just get that out there because. We were able to change, you know, I was able to personally change the course of my life within, I would say, six months, right? There was, you know, it's been about a year, but after six months of doing the website business, I looked down and said, we need to do something different. And then six months later, um, we were completely doing totally different um, service for a totally different clientele that had a completely different ability to pay us if we were successful. And it changed my life. So hopefully, um, you know, if someone's listening to this, they can realize that, you know, um, they might be able to find a service or provide something that can change theirs. All right. Thanks.